Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Perra from Sex Addictions and Porn Afflictions. I'm so honored that you are here listening. Today is a very, very special day. We have an incredible guest here, and I'm beyond excited to learn his perspective around healthy sexuality. And today we have Dr. Harry Fish. He is a board-certified urologist. He's world famous. I can literally, Harry, is that okay? Can a doctor, can I say world famous? I mean, that's, uh, you know, that, 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 that sounds fair. World famous it is. I love it. World famous, yeah. And um, uh, one of the nation's leaders in the diagnosis, diagnosis and treatment of men's health issues. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, this was, thank you. Welcome. Craig, my, my, my pleasure. I think you're doing such great work. So I, I, it's an honor for me to be on the podcast. Thank you. And, and, and so many of my men out there can learn so much. And, and what I like about what you said about, you know, men's health issues, and we've talked previously on, you know, how we define the issue, sex addiction versus porn addiction. And at the end of the day, these men and these couples are pursuing healthy sexuality. And you've been in this business, dare I say, a long time. Harry, when did you start to appreciate, um, really the, the power of pornography and the impact that it may have been having on people's sex lives. Because when we grew up, we looked at pictures in magazines and it wasn't a, you know, the notion that this wonderful, incredible, um, you know, magazine and, and my first porn video would somehow um, cripple my sexuality and, and, and move me away from my wife was completely foreign. When did you start to notice um, well, you know, uh, I, I think uh, I'm a fertility doctor at the very basis of what I do. Um, and, you know, over the years, what I've learned about sexuality and sexual health is really from my patients because, you know, you can't get this stuff from books, the stuff that I've learned and the stuff that I've seen. So when I look back at and, and problems that have been going on specifically about porn addiction or, or uh, issues of that sort for a long time, but I would say... I realized that it was a problem uh, with patients about 10 years ago. Um, that doesn't mean it didn't exist before. What, what I mean is the first thing that I saw, uh, and I didn't even know it was related to, to um, pornography, was uh, couples trying to you know, have a baby, and the man cannot ejaculate when he's having sex. He can ejaculate after by masturbating. And then what ended up happening is that I realized that a lot of guys are watching, particularly these patients that can't ejaculate it. And by the way, there's a terrible word for it. It's called retarded ejaculation. It's mm -hmm. the only place that I guess you could use that word and it still be, um, you know, acceptable. Uh, or in the Howard Stern show, you could say. Yeah, well, and, and I think they um, use that word in relation to cars. There's a certain belt that that, that retards, and so there's two right. places here right. and, and and dealing with cars. But yeah, no, get that's it. That's right. That's right. So, so what I realized is these couples were had serious problems because they couldn't have babies. If you can't ejaculate, you're not having a baby, and of course, it was a devastating uh, impact on, on the um, on the woman. Uh, but that's when I realized later that, geez, then when you ask, geez, I'm watching a lot of pornography and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not getting the same experience uh, from my wife or girlfriend than I am and then by masturbating. Uh, and, and I think the excessive masturbating to pornography and the images is, um, is what's going on. And that, I, I only figured that out 10 years ago, to be honest with you. Wow. Wow. What, um, 
how, how, how did the guys feel at that kind of early stages? What, what was it like for the men that um, you were working with back in this time when you, they well, and you finally realized it was their sexual expression, their porn and masturbation? Well, you, you know, I always say that um, uh, sex is the barometer of a relationship. And, and really, it's, it's best to have the best sex uh, in a relationship. Now, does that sound stupid or what? Does that sound obvious? Um, yeah. It does, but it really is true. You know, if a couple is not having sex, uh, and, a, and by the way, if you're not having sex, then one person uh, is, is, is a problem. There's an issue. Uh, oh. Either your wife, let's say, assume you're married. Uh, your wife may not want to have sex with you. Maybe you're not lasting long enough. Maybe you don't... Um, 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 uh, you don't have enough foreplay. And by the way, foreplay begins in the morning, putting the dishes in the dishwasher. Or it may be that, you know, you're not ejaculating. Something is going on. So there will be a problem in the relationship. Unless you're happy being like a brother and a sister and living, you know, uh, together. But that's not a relationship. So, so I always say sex is important. Now, when I did bring up the fact that it's related to pornography, um, the couple felt a lot better, believe it or not. Because it wasn't a physical problem per se, although there's a physical aspect to it, but it wasn't like I got an illness, not like I got diabetes that's causing this. Oh, it's the pornography. So then you have, then once you understand the, 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 the deep, uh, the, not the deep problem, but, but the, the actual core issue that's involved, well, then you could, then you could attack it. Then you could do something about it. So uh, the answer, direct answer to your question, you know, couples were happy in a way. That oh I get it and I'm not the only one, by the way. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah, no, so true. Is it the porn, doctor, or is it the masturbation or a combination thereof, in your opinion, that wreaks the most havoc on couples' lives? Well, if there's a problem with ma- with, uh, with delayed ejaculation, now pornography, look, nothing is wrong unless uh, there's never a problem unless it's a problem. Uh, I think Einstein said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but my point is, you know, if you like alcohol, you drink a glass or two. I get it; that's, that's not a problem. But if you're drinking a whole bottle, that's a problem, right? So, so you know, I, I never would like to say things are a problem, but there's certain degrees of excessiveness. Um, so, so if you're masturbating too much and you get accustomed to a certain sensation, then the vagina doesn't have that sensation, right? And so, so it's, it's the excessive masturbation. Now, why is somebody masturbating excessively? Well, it doesn't have to be because of the porn. It could be because of some other reason. Maybe, you know, I guess there's some people masturbate too much to, to, uh, uh, pictures, but pornography has been so common. It's so easy. And in fact, somebody said the computer was invented to show pornography, right? I know. So I love because that. it's so, it's so there. Uh, so it's a combination of things. Because now, now if, would somebody have a problem with excessive masturbation without pornography? As I said, yeah, that could happen. But it's just so easily available now that it makes it worse. Yeah. And one of the things that I found, Harry, in working with my clients is that the type of pornography that they're watching, and you talked about the physiological sensation of the death grip, the rapid you know, hand motion while masturbating, the vagina unable to provide that same level of pleasure because of that intense stimulation the man is accustomed to. I've also find that the, there's a psychological 
impact of the type of porn that men are watching because it is very, very typical in my work for men to report that they started their pornography habit, if you will, with magazines, then um, you know, videos where you had to fast forward to a certain point, then couples having um, you know, uh, heterosexual sex, then um, uh, group sex, then gangbangs, then violent aggressive sex, then um, transgender pornography, which is inconsistent, at least they believe, with their sexuality. The pornography gets worse, and that has its own um, physiological effect on that arousal mechanism. And um, that's been my experience. Have you experienced things similar, and does, or does that make, even make sense to you? Uh, no, no, it, it does make sense because it's not reality. Uh, so, so people watching different, look, who knows what turns people on, right? There's no answer to that. Right. Uh, but at the very basic is uh, when I talk to couples and we realize that, let's say, the husband, or it could be the wife too, but in my practice, it's a men's health practice. So I, um, yeah, I say, so what kind of pornography do you watch? And, you know, and they describe certain things. But then what I, what I really say, it's, since uh, I'm not judging or I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to figure out um, uh, exactly, you know, um, is the, the pornography good or bad? I, I don't want to judge like that. But let's say somebody says, well, I like it the very, the very basic way of saying it. I like um, um, uh, maids, maids in the uh, pornography. And I actually had this with a couple. So um, I, I literally told the wife, I said, hmm. Um, would it be helpful if you, if your wife would uh, dress up like a maid? And uh, the the guy said, absolutely. That was his, like uh, uh, his desire. And you know what? The wife was thrilled. Yeah. And well, it, it, mm, it, it, it's so funny you mentioned that because I well, you know what I hear often is I'll make a similar suggestion to a man because you know when I look at the pornography that they're watching, it's almost like a fingerprint. Um, around their sexuality. You can understand what turns them on, what turns them off, what really touches that button. And they've got to incorporate that into their sexuality, but they've attached such shame to their desires. Um, that might be through their moral conflict with pornography, their recognition that their partner may not um, support their pornography habit. Um, oftentimes their religious conflict. People who are religious in nature have a greater chance of being diagnosed as a sex addict, particularly by a religious counselor than the general population. And it, um, and, and then, you know, I'd say to the man, well, would it help if your wife did X, Y, or Z? And they say, oh my God. Yeah. I said, well, why don't you Come ask? Man. Why don't you ask her? I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Uh she would never do it she would never do it and the wife is like what are you talking about give me the chance you took that away from me and they're really pissed off <laughs> <laughs> oh craig you're, you're right on target it's absolutely true but I'll, I'll give you a little suggestion what i have couples do every now and then is i'll, I'll say i'll give them both a piece of paper and write the five things uh first of all i, I always say you write the five things you you you, you like about each other in fact, sometimes I say, write the three things you like. I don't want it to be like uh, too much of a burden. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm stuck right. at four. I can't get to five. Help me. Help me. Doctor, what are you doing exactly to me over right. here? <laughs> she, Holy she, shit. I didn't know it was going to be that much of, a, of an exam. <laughs> she, has a nice, write... she has nice sneakers. Go on. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> right. So that could cause a problem. But let's say you're, let's say we'll stick at three. But then you then you say, okay, write the five things uh, that you want your wife to do to improve your sex life. Because as you said, it, it's it's hard uh, for a man uh, or a woman, but I'll say for a man to really express themselves verbally because they don't want to be shot down. They don't want to say, "What are you crazy?" So at least if it's on paper, and then you have the wife actually write what 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 she wants the man to do. And then you negotiate. You really negotiate. And really, men tend to be more physical and, and concentrating on, on the orgasm, while women are more, again, I am, I'm generalizing, yeah. uh, more of uh, emotional or really, you know, uh, uh, more of um, um, less on the, on, the, on the five minutes that they're having sex, more on the entire day. Uh, and after uh, as well. Now, not not all women, of course, but but at least the, the couples that I see in, in a relationship, uh, it tends to be more like that. I, I love that. And it is so important, as you just said, to put that on the table. So, so for you couples who are who are watching, listening and watching, pay very careful attention. You know, what is it that um, you like? What turns you on? What are your desires? What do you like that you're afraid to share with your partner? And then question the belief system that that's preventing you from sharing it with your partner. Because one of the exercises that I do, Harry, because my men, common denominator, every man that I see who's, you know, who, who believes their number one problem is sex and porn addiction, and it's always the symptom, that's never the number one problem, but that's how it's manifesting, is and shame. There is so much shame. Their sexuality as a whole is a dirty disgusting part of themselves and that's a function of how they were raised that may be a function of religious teachings the environment and the culture in which sexuality is treated it's demonized on one hand and i remember as a catholic i learned that sex was dirty and disgusting and you save it for someone you love right and what i have the guys do is i have them pretend that their partner accidentally and gently bumped their heads. So they're in the kitchen, they bump, they're fine, everybody's safe, no long-term problems. But that bump caused her to rewire in that her sexual drive, her, her pleasure comes from exclusively pleasing you. Like anything that you want, she loves. As long as you love it, it makes her so happy. And I got to tell you, that is one of the hardest exercises for guys to do because they've got this belief system, this uh, shame. I, I, I can't, no, I, I, I don't even feel comfortable writing it down. And eventually they do and find it very liberating. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Um, you, know, you, you know, you said that, uh, that the porn addiction um, or, or some of these uh, is just a, um, a symptom of an underlying problem. Um, and, and you had told me that uh, a lot of – tell me again. The underlying problem is the narcissism? No, the, it, under, uh, the under – yeah, great, great question. I love this conversation. The underlying problem for every man that I have ever worked with is a lack of love for self. And this doesn't mean everybody who watches porn doesn't love themselves. But when someone is compulsively numbing and coping using this product, using this, this expression of their sexuality, that becoming the dominant expression, that taking away from other areas of their lives, their career, their finances, their health, their hobbies, their relationships, and their spirituality. 
whether it's the CEO of the big company or the FedEx delivery driver, the common denominator with every client that I've ever worked with is a lack of love for self, a part of themselves that is never good enough, that is, we call it not good enough guy in our work as they connect with that good enough guy. And there's always a component of unhealthy sexuality as a child. So that's kind of the high level overview of the men that I work with. Does that make sense? Uh, it, may, it makes sense. It's, um, I, uh, but it, it's a complicated sort of uh, concept, to be honest with you. You know, um, they're never good because, you know, we all are insecure in, in ways. You know, sometimes um, uh, what I, I tell couples and um, uh, who, who are addicted to all these sort of things and, um, you know, self-pleasure or, you know, pleasing themselves with the sex addiction is, um, and you know what, I asked you this because I, I couldn't, I don't know what the underlying thing and your, your theory or your understanding is actually better than mine when it comes to this. But sometimes I think, well, what can we do about it? And, and what I find is that when we get um, the man to think about the partner more than he thinks about himself, that's the start. That's the path to, uh, to a, a good relationship. Uh, into a better sex life. Do you find that to be true? Oh, absolutely. Because one of the co another common denominator of most of my clients, and this is particularly for the men whose sex addiction involves infidelity, cheating, chronic use of prostitutes, strip clubs, uh, et cetera, et cetera, is a is oh, Harry, what did you just say last? I lost my train of thought. Bring me back on track. I said that the most important thing at the end of the day is for the man to pay attention to his wife. Ah, yes, thank you. You got me. More yeah. about her than yeah. That common denominator is the lack of empathy. That common denominator is a lack of empathy. Their inability to love right. themselves right. has um, challenged their ability to give that love to someone else. And um, so true, so true. You know, Craig, what I, what I tend to do is, is I, I say, look, you gotta focus on the person that's in front of you. Uh, which by the way, if you think about pornography, uh, the, there's nobody in front of you, there's a computer screen. And a lot of times pornography um, um, has, uh, uh, men who watch it have lost the concept of, you know, how to talk to, to the, and again, let's talk about the wife or the girl, whatever, but I'll, I'll say the wife because the computer screen doesn't talk back to you. So there has to be a mechanisms by which we, we tell men how to talk to their wives, how to talk to their, their girlfriends, uh, and, and, and how to please uh, their wives and girlfriends. And I, I gotta tell you something, I, I wrote a book, the l last book is called The New Naked, and it's about you know sex education for oh. adults. You, remember, you know, Craig, what's unbelievable is you know you get sex education when you're in, I don't know in high school if you're lucky if you live in a community that or junior high school and they teach you about sexually transmitted diseases, right? They teach you about the anatomy. But once you start having sex, nobody tells you how to have sex. Nobody tells you what you're doing, what, what women like, what men like. You just it doesn't. There's so many facts that nobody's giving it. Uh, at all. And for women, a lot of times, I guess they get the information from Cosmo. But right. my book, the first book was Size Matters. And the second one is The New Naked. So The New Naked was, again, sex education, but it also brought in the communication skills. And it's very easy. And I know guys who are listening, I hope you're going to you know, I try to keep it as simple as possible. There's a chapter 
uh, for men uh, that when it comes to communicating with your your wife, your spouse, and the chapter is called "Shut the Fuck Up." What happens is a lot of times we're I a lot of like Carrie. I love it. I love it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Listen. Go, 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 go. I love it. Let's be blunt. Let's get real here. We're talking right. about sex. Well, because and I'm not blaming women because, but you know, when, when women say, "Well, you need you need to listen to me," right? You need to listen. Well, what the hell does that mean? I don't know what that means. Yeah. So for men, what I tell them, look, what that means is shut the fuck up. Let your wife, your girlfriend, finish talking because yeah. you know we interrupt. And if you interrupt, you ruined it. That's so right. women, in fact, I like to tell them, look, if, you're, if, you're, if your wife is talking and you think you're going to interrupt, just say to your wife, tell me more. Tell me more. If you say, tell me more, I guarantee your wife is going to say, holy cow, what a great guy. He listened to me. Because while men want to do, women, and again, I'm generalizing and I apologize, but you know, it's kind of it's true. the generalization. All true. They they want to tell you what's going on, and and that doesn't mean that they're asking you to fix something. That's another uh, flaw. Yeah. So shut the fuck uh -huh. up and don't fix anything, because men, you know, look, we want to fix something, right? Yes. They don't want you to fix anything. They just want to talk to you and tell you what they're doing and what the problems are. But then don't start fixing. Just listen, and that means shut the fuck up and and don't. And now, by the way, it doesn't mean you don't say something. But when the conversation is over, now this is awful. What I'm about to tell you. But again, it's, it's for women hate to hear this, but guys understand it. And it's nothing derogatory, but you know, sometimes we really do have a hard time listening, particularly if we have ADD and, and things like that. And, and I tell men jokingly, I said, look, you, you know when your wife, again, sometimes you're not paying attention. You know when your wife has finished talking is when her lips stop moving. So if you are not paying attention, at least look at her lips. Don't interrupt. She's talking. Now, at the end, you are expected to say something and be productive part of the conversation, but you have to let uh, your wife or girlfriend um, you know, finish expressing herself first, and that's critical. I think you have just saved uh, couples millions of dollars in couples therapy um, sessions if they just follow that advice. That is so spot on. I mean, I well, Craig, know, you know what it's funny you personally – let me say, it's funny you say it because I tell couples, I'm not a psychologist, I just have a lot of experience, and that I tell them, look, a half hour with me is like two years with a therapist. I love it. That's that blunt, boom, right to the point. Uh, and, and one of the, um, I think, gifts that this sex addiction and porn addiction crisis is, one of the gifts that's coming from this, it is forcing men to honor and respect that part of themselves, their sexual health. It's a, such an important part of who we are. And so many men say they ignored it, they never paid attention to it, they never thought about it. But now when they think of their physical health, their mental health, their spiritual health, their sexual health touches each one of those areas. And so as that becomes a priority in their lives, they're able to research and connect with people like you and people like me and other people out there helping them in this area, whereas you said none of us got any other training. Do you feel we're at a point in time right now where more and more people are talking about this and, and almost by necessity? Well, I'm talking about it, and, and that's because by necessity, nobody, talk, nobody has the information. And I, I think like a lot of times there's a, when it comes to sexual health, there's a, 
the psychological aspect, the physical aspect, and a medical aspect. And it yes, all boils down to, to all of them together. Like, for example, I was watching some show, I, I, um, Dr. Phil, and they had this obese guy, must have weighed like 400 pounds, let's say 300 pounds, but he was obese. And they, they weren't having sex. There was a couple that wasn't having sex. And and so the real answer was, um, oh, you need to, uh, to um, talk to each other more. I said, talk to each other more. The guy can't get an erection. He's got no testosterone and he has severe erectile dysfunction. What are you talking about? So, so while it's true, but, but at every level, there has to be the basic health and the basic understanding of what the couple wants. So the physical aspect is, is uh, as important as, as everything else. So the, back to, your, to the actual question, yes, there, there's a lack of information out there and, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting it out there more. Now, let me just tell you one more thing. Uh, just what, what women do tell me in their relationship, and I mentioned before about foreplay. You know, men uh, need less foreplay than women. And essentially, uh, I tell men foreplay starts in the morning, put the dishes in the dishwasher. Because what that means is you're actually acknowledging what your wife is doing and you're helping and you're not walking away or treating her like she's a, uh, uh, like a maid or something like that. Uh, because if you're the sort of guy that just gets up in the morning, has breakfast, maybe your wife makes it, and you don't help out at all, well, you're screwed. You, right. you'll never, you're never going to have a good relationship. Yeah. So start off like that. You know, Call your wife once in a while or your girlfriend text. Just at one time, you'll be shocked at how easy it is uh, to, to turn things around. And that said, you got to... You, you know, and you, you were pointing about how important the sexual life is. I've never met anybody who had a great uh, sex life in, in their marriage um, and got divorced. It, it, it usually never. doesn't work that way. If right. you got a good sex life, you ain't going to get divorced. And if you got a good sex life, guess what? You're going to be happy. You're going to talk to your friends in a different way. You're not going to be miserable. I mean, I, I, if you're miserable, chances are you have a terrible sex life. That's right. That's and you're, it yeah. And you're underperforming in other areas in your life. I mean, it's such, oh. it, it, it's such an important part. Harry, I am so grateful that you're here. I just want to leave um, this, this great call and I'd love to have you back. And thank you for all the incredible work that you do. Um, what's your message for couples? What do you, what do you, what, what do you want to say uh, to the people listening? All of, you know, many of the people listening to me, well, probably most of them, um, are struggling to create that healthy sexuality. And we've talked about how important it is. What's your message for these men and these couples? Think about the, the, the person in front of you. Don't think about yourself. Don't think about the orgasm. Think about the person in front of you. Um, and uh, you do more of that, you'll be fine. And, and I want to make a point. I know uh, I don't want to end on that. I want to say like uh, one of the things that most devastating aspects that we talked about uh, couples of men that can't ejaculate, but the real problem, more men ejaculate too quickly. And premature ejaculation is the number one sexual dysfunction in this country. Now, you know, like more than 50% of the women don't have orgasms uh, during vaginal uh, intercourse. And most of it is because men don't last long enough. Not complicated. Right. None yeah. of this is complicated. Wow. Women wow. take over 10 minutes of, uh, of you know, intro men usually ejaculate between five and 10 minutes. Most men over about 50% are less than two to three minutes. So my point is, you got to figure out a way around it. Um, so, so, and, and let me tell you something. If I'm, no, I'm not going to talk for women. I, that's not my point. But, but I could tell you, if I'm a woman and I, I'm not getting pleased, uh, then it's a job. Then wait a minute. If, if, if you're not having fun doing it, you ain't going to do it. 
So one of the things I wanted to mention is, you know, I was on the Howard Stern show uh, for, uh, I had my own show on the Howard Stern Network. And when I was on Howard, Howard talks about premature ejaculation all the time. And we developed a product called PreBoost. That's P-R-E-B-O-O-S-T, PreBoost. You can go to PreBoost.com. The point is, it's the first over-the-counter uh, medication that is comes in a wipe and then you just desensitize your penis. Now, that may sound uh, trivial, but it is not. It is probably the most important aspect uh, of uh, sexuality is making sure that the person in front of you is pleased. If you go and have sex and you have an orgasm and, oh, goodbye, thank you very much, that ain't going to last very long at all. Right. So in general, right. the answer to your question, make sure that the person in front of you is satisfied. Yeah, and guys, if you are struggling, please, and Harry, give the name of that website again for me. Well, preboost.com, uh, yeah. P-R-E-B-O-O-S-T, Com, or you can go to my website, harryfish.com, H-A-R-R-Y-F-I-S-C-H.com. Yeah, please, guys, check it out. So much incredible, valuable information. And I'm so glad I had you on, Harry, for so many different reasons. I love you. I love the work that you've done. I love how you've taken your incredible practice and turned it into this amazing you know, place where your voice is hurled all over the world. But as I focus on the you know, mental... Um, psychological, spiritual components of sexuality, so often I'm reminded, and, and, and it kind of is like, wait, 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 wait a minute, go to the doctor, <laughs> go to the doctor, there may be a problem here, and it's that physical piece that you mentioned, and how important it is, and to, you know, get the help that you need if you're having problems ejaculating or if you're having a retarded ejaculation, um, consider this product, because I look for to sharing it with my clients because so many of my men struggle with this problem. Thank you so much, Dr. Harry Fish. It is truly an honor and a privilege. Thank you for doing what you do. And I look forward to talking to you again. Likewise, Craig. Thank you very much. And to all the Ta listeners, thank you very much. Thank you, doctor. Take it easy. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was Dr. Harry Fish. So, so blessed to have um, him on. An incredible call. Please, please, please. Get the help that you need. Prioritize this part of you. Physical, mental, spiritual, right? Those three areas, you can all agree they are important. Look at your sexual health. You have to agree with me that impacts each one of those areas. So get the help that you need to be the best version of you because memento mori, you're going to die. And life is too short to suck. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.